our good friend said like, because you've said no to things though, that you're equipped now to say yes to this in this moment. Welcome to Faithful Innovation. I'm Tina Jason. I love learning about the way God's love motivates how people serve the world. Hearing authentic personal stories deepens my understanding of how God transforms regular work and everyday encounters into acts of grace. Join me as I seek out ordinary people in cities, suburbs, small towns, and rural places who are doing extraordinary things. The goal, to inspire a wholesome expression of faith in your life, ministry, or business. Today I welcome Chris and Jenna Batiker, who are husband and wife singer-songwriters known as Wild Harbors. When confronted with the awareness that each person is given one short life to live, They put their previous careers aside to step into the adventure of music, inviting other people to live their own adventures. Rebranding in late 2017, they're pursuing their passion for creating gutsy, lyric-driven songs laced with intricate vocal harmonies. Chris and Jenna, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. As we get started, would you each share what your faith backgrounds were growing up? Yeah, um, I grew up in the Lutheran church. My mom took my sisters and I to church and we attended. My dad was not present as much for that. He kind of did his own thing. Went to college, got involved with University Christian Fellowship and got to meet believers from a lot of different denominations and got to explore a lot of what that looked like and how different people integrated their faith with their life. And have kind of bounced around a lot of different places as I've gotten older. I'm currently attending a non-denominational small Bible church, um, but there was no conscious leaving of the Lutheran church or there wasn't any kind of big moment like that. It just kind of felt like different chapters opening up of, okay, well, God's leading me here now and now I'm here and now I'm here. And uh, I was raised in the Catholic church. I guess you could say mostly in name. I attended the Catholic church on Sundays between when I was born and maybe 18 and left for college. Um, and that was maybe the extent of my emotional involvement with it. It was just a thing we did. And for me, like, I feel like I went through it just memorizing things like, you know, memorize the Beatitudes. So I get confirmed and then you go to a retreat and you memorize. So it was something that I guess I was present at, but not necessarily emotionally engaged with very much. I became more active in my faith in college upon joining InterVarsity Christian Fellowship my freshman year. And then from then on, it was a much more hands-on experience for me, a much more um, personal experience for me. It's really interesting how a community of faith helps us really engage with our faith. I came to faith as a young Mm -hmm. adult, and it was really the community of faith in my home church that helped me know what this life of faith might look like. So Mm -hmm. how that can influence so much. Can you talk about what you're doing now, particularly with your music, and maybe what the experience is where that led up to that? Sure. Um, So we are songwriters, and we currently form a band called Wild Harbors. We started playing music together in college. I was um, a music and theater major, so that's something that I was studying. Had always loved singing, had always loved paying attention to music and different artists and things. So we started playing together as just kind of a one-time only, so we thought, covers project for a night of like, oh, there's something happening on campus and they need a band to play some cover songs. We can do that. So we did that and kept that going maybe like once or or twice a year, kind of increasing gradually and doing that with other other friends that we had who played instruments better than we did. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And kind of through the years, 
slowly started to show our own songs that we had written of, hey, you know, I wrote this one myself and oh, you wrote that one yourself and Mm -hmm. shared them with each other and with the other people that we were playing music with and started to cultivate that part of ourselves. Eventually we started playing music just as the two of us and we played music under just our names for years, kind of getting our feet under us a little bit of figuring out how to get more confident in it, how to refine our songwriting more, um, how to slowly begin to collaborate with our songwriting and not just have Mm -hmm. individual songs that I had written and that Chris had written, but starting to really come together on that of what happens if we try to sharpen each other and bring that Mm -hmm. together. So also involved in this is that we are married. That is how we know each other. (laughs) And we, we had dated after college for a few years and we broke up for a while and then came back together and kind of interwoven in our engagement and our marriage was making a record together and really intertwining. Yeah, we want to play music together. And so that was kind of a defining thing for us, both as a couple and then as a band. Yeah. For me, at least songwriting has always been, a natural outpouring of my emotion, of my struggles, of my faith. Now, that does not always mean that it's the first thing that I turn to. <laughs> it's it's one of the more natural things, but I've, I find for myself, at least sometimes, the things that help me the most aren't always the first thing that I turn to. It's been a struggle for me at different times to make sure that I am actually writing frequently and diligently and in a disciplined manner. Was there a prevailing circumstance that prompted you to shift from operating under your own names to rebranding and and moving into Wild Harbors and maybe even how the name came about? That whole season kind of started just about a year ago for us, where it was one of those moments for us of just sort of looking at what our life looked like at that point, and then looking at sort of how we spend our time and saying like, all right, we know, like, you know, we wish we could put more time and energy into music or, you know, we've lived in the same apartment for seven years. Are we ever going to move? We're in our early thirties. Are we ever going to have kids? And just everything was kind of one of those, I don't know, we'll keep our options open kind of answers. And just sort of this realization that you can keep your options open your whole life and not do anything. Mm-hmm. And the realization that the clock is ticking, that time is limited. And the time we spend is the time we spend was a pretty big like kick in the butt for us to be like, all right, how about if we just start moving forward on any one of these things at the moment? Maybe God can close some doors, open doors, whatever. At least then we'll know an answer to one of these hundred roads we could take instead of just sitting in the middle of the crossroads the rest of our lives going like, "Mm, maybe, maybe, no, no. So we chose to start putting a little more attention and effort into our music. That led to just the whole process we went through. Like we already had a few songs written for uh, whatever we assumed would be the next record. Let's really try this. Like, let's go do it the way we want to do it. Let's put the effort and the attention into it that we feel like we need to, to, you know, make a serious bid with it. So that involved like just going places that we'd never been with it, um, hiring people we've never worked with, just a lot of different things. And through that process of making the record down in Nashville, we're just very blessed to have a lot of conversations with other artists who were further along in their careers that would just ask us really helpful questions about like, what do you want to do with it? Like, where are you going? Three or four of them all ask, why are you called Chris and Jenna? So that kind of sparked a bit for us of like, all right, why? So it just really made us reevaluate even just the way we present our music to people. We worked with a guy named Andrew Osenga to produce the album that we spent the fall working on. And He's a really gifted songwriter in his own right. Um, And just, he asked so many great questions. And he was the one who first brought up this question of, do you need to be called that? Could you be called something else? And just working through that process with us a little bit, 
we were really grateful that he brought up the idea so that we could think about it because with the past year being such a time of change and such a feeling of reset, it made a lot of sense of if we were ever going to, this is Mm -hmm. the perfect time. This feels like such a new thing and not just a continuation of the old thing with all of the stepping out of the boat and (laughs) risk taking and things It felt like, all right, this, this would be a good time to have a new banner to run under and to help us really identify, you know, who we are as people and knowing that we're incredibly invested in what we do, but there's also a little bit of separation there in terms of identity of knowing that at the end of the day, we are not our art. We make Mm -hmm. art and we are so glad to make art, but that's not inherently what our identity is Mm -hmm. wrapped in and being able to just have a little bit of a safeguard there. Yeah, that's so important. Nobody does this kind of journey alone. What kind of encouragement have you had from the people around you? Mm. Um, Not just the people you've worked with, but the people in in your lives. That's a good question. Yeah. It's worth, I guess, backtracking a little bit to say that in making the plans for this next record and sort of plotting out like who we wanted to work with and what that would entail, as we were answering some of those questions, it came to light that in order to make the record with the person we were talking to, Andy, in addition to the time and financial investments, we would also need to have Jenna step away from her job in order to spend that much time away. So it represented a very big life change that was not something we just wanted to say like, oh, well, the two of us just feel God is leading us this way, so we're going to do it. So really, Jenna just spent a lot of time in prayer saying like, Lord, like, do you want me to leave my job? It just felt like in that time, the community around where we live here, I say of their own accord, but Um, probably prompted by the spirit. Like it felt like they spoke into you so much too during that time. Yeah. We, we sought, (laughs) we sought so many of our friends um, and our family members and the people around us of saying, this is what we're considering doing. And it sounds completely Mm -hmm. crazy. It's just, this sounds nuts of, yeah, I'm going to quit my job and go make a record. Like (laughs) what? I, and I'm like, I'm 33, like what in the world? But everyone we talked to, who has walked with us in faith community for a long time. They were all so supportive of saying, you know, this isn't, this isn't something that has come out of the blue. It feels out of the blue to you because you weren't thinking about it, but God had grown what we were doing in music little by little over years Mm -hmm, and years and years of saying, this is the trajectory that you really have been on for a long time. And you're going to have to make that leap at some point if it's ever going to happen. And I think for me, that was invaluable of just having so many, so many other times had come up or at least a few very key times in my life had come up where there was a big opportunity where I felt kind of that burning in my spirit of this could be important and this could be something and it was overwhelming. And so I just kind of avoided it until it went away. And in effect, then didn't, do anything, which in itself was a decision. Like it felt like, oh, it felt at Mm -hmm. the time, like I don't have to make a choice, but that was a choice, the choice to avoid it and then not Mm -hmm. be able to make that choice anymore. I didn't want to keep living like that. Yeah. And we, we were just so grateful, especially for the fact, you know, living where we do in Maryland, we don't live in a music town. We don't live in a place where tons of other people are doing this as their career. Most of the people our age who are married are on their buy, second kid. Right. They're having their babies and buying their houses and their minivans. And, and that is beautiful. There's, yeah. that's a wonderful thing. And there's just been something holding us back from that for years. And we weren't really mm-hmm. able to put fingers on it of why we felt so stalled. But every time we would go towards one of those things, it just didn't feel right. 
we were just so blessed by the ability of the people around us who are not in the same exact boat, who were still able to to have discernment and to see and to pray and say, yes, this does seem like the right thing. Like, I'm not making the same choice as you are, but I'm praying for you. And I can affirm that it seems like God is absolutely moving on this in your life. Yeah. And that's just been such a blessing. They're really so much of what has helped us to be even just brave enough to do what we've done so far. Yeah. You know, it's not the first time we've gone through that process. So this time when we're getting ready to make more music, they're like, oh, well, Jenna might have to quit her job and we might have to go there and do this. And like, of course you are. Like, mm. yes, go do that. Mm-hmm. We've had to say no to things that some of them have said yes to. Yeah. And so we're on different paths. Our good friend said like, because you've said no to things though, that you're equipped now to say yes to this in this moment. Yeah. To actually step into what God is leading you towards. So that was just a huge encouragement for us that our lives will look different. And as much as we want everyone to perfectly understand and know <laughs> what we do, that's just not the reality. Right. It's neat when the community around you often sees sometimes before you do, or it's not really a surprise. It's just a confirmation that, oh, we have seen this coming and we're right here to support you. That's such a great feeling. Yes. And I think in that too, you know, when you do have community who loves you and cares about you and that you love and care about, I welcoming things that could potentially alter the state of that community can be challenging. Um, of knowing that as we're making these Mm -hmm. decisions and figuring out this new life path, it may mean that we move away from where we live at some point. And it has been, it has meant the world to hear friends of ours who know that that's a possibility to hear them kind of put aside their, their own self selfish, not in a bad way, but their own selfish desires of being able to say, Obviously, we want you to live here forever. Like We love you and we don't want that to change. But to see them recognize what God is doing and to say, okay, I'm at a point now where I will understand if this means a change where you no longer live in close proximity to me. And and that's taken, you know, for some people that comes really easily. And for some people, I think that that is a lot harder to, to grasp of. But if you do this thing, you might leave me and walk away. And just, it's been such a kindness and a gift whenever someone has really walked through that and been able to see, okay, if this means that God's taking you somewhere else, I I see what he's doing and I can be okay with that. Hmm. The thought of encouraging people that you encounter to really live to their fullest and whatever gifting they have, Hmm. whatever expression that looks like, how did that vision for what you're doing take shape? I think some of it probably just started on a personal level for us of just really becoming aware of what it is we love spending our time doing. We love writing songs and sharing those songs with people. Like that's where we feel like we're really coming alive and like doing what we're supposed to be doing. As we're there doing that and like, you know, talking to people after a show, maybe they say, oh, like this really meant something to me or this really spoke to me in this way. Like we can just look at each other and be like, this is why we're doing this. Like this is what makes this matter for us. Like this is... This is a a big reason and a big part of what makes this valuable and fun for us. Getting to discover that and say like, all right, we can either spend our time pursuing that and doing that and working towards that, or we can just watch Netflix and do like an easy thing that we don't really want to do, but we do want to, we will, you know, I think everyone selfishly kind of just doesn't really want to do anything. Like some days, like I think left to my own device, I kind of just don't want to do anything at all, but that wouldn't be satisfying for me, even though it would um, make me happy to do it in that moment. So I just love getting to do that. And everyone, I think, um, 
everyone likes to see someone doing something that is important to them. Mm. So in doing what we've done, there have been so many conversations started. People would just come up and say like, oh, so like you're doing music and, you know, I've always wanted to start a bakery or like something totally different than what we're doing. But it just starts those conversations um, instinctively when people sort of have that put in their brain. So I like just also hearing about like what makes other people tick mm-hmm. and uh, what the like excitement in other people's hearts is to say like, all right, spend your time doing that. I'm not saying quit your job and do right. that because that's not a reality for everyone. But yeah, just encouraging people to have a view of when you look back on your life, it will be a record of you pursuing this thing or not. So yeah. It makes me think of, uh, in one of Brene Brown's books, she talks about the word courage and mm-hmm. that really the, the essence of that is to tell our whole story with our whole heart mm-hmm. and how, when we do that, mm-hmm. how it really encourages others to do the same thing. You know, there's something that, there's a resonance about that that says, if it's possible for somebody else, maybe it's possible for me too, even yeah. though what the me too may look like is different than what it is for you. But it's a willingness to take a step of faith or that risk forward to really live what God's put on somebody's heart. I'm sure there's times that there's been discouragement and just wondering what's kept you moving along in the process. Mm. (laughs) Well, I talked a lot already, so I shouldn't talk about this one. Uh Oh my. You know, it's so funny. I took a leave of absence from teaching and we spent the first part of the fall making our record down in Nashville. So when everyone was going back to school, I had something very clear ahead of me, clear objectives. We got to finish making this record. So I had stuff to think about. But once, once we were back and it kind of entered the big undefined territory of how do you be an independent musician in 2017 and 2018? How does this work? I'd run into people that I hadn't seen and they would be so excited of, oh my gosh, it's so great to see you. You're living your dream. Is it just amazing? And I was on the verge of crying every time of, no, I'm lonely. I'm a people person and I miss working with my coworkers all the time and the students that I used to work with. And clearly this is such a privilege of an opportunity to get to do. But I, I, I guess being a people person and loving structure and loving routine and those different things entering into into this land of not having those except for what I set for myself has not been what I would have picked for my own life. Um, so I, I have felt sad (laughs) on, on many occasions, just trying to get my head around all of that. And I think, you know, with any big life change, whatever it looks like, there's, there's a grieving for what was. And I don't think I had anticipated that there would be grief because it felt like, okay, I'm finally taking a jump and I'm finally taking a risk and this is going to be great. And it's not that it isn't great, but I didn't anticipate the grief that would be woven right in it. Kind of that both and like, it's good and really hard and it's happy, but also sad in a lot of ways. I think trying to, in, in, how, in how I've tried to confront that um, successfully or not some of the time, when I'm trying to purposefully surround myself with community, whether it's physical community of, with people around me or being purposeful about connecting with other people I've met who do what I do, who live farther away, of just scheduling times to Skype or to, if, if all else fails, to text back and forth and say, hey, how are you doing? 
I think checking in with other people has been really important for me. And I also think as much as we say like, hey, pay attention to the things that you like to do because you were made to enjoy those things. Mm -hmm. I've made you that way on purpose. I think that's such an important message because it's one of the things that I struggle most to do that I, you know, like I said, songwriting isn't always the first thing that I turn to. I really resonate with nature of when I'm out like hiking or something like that. I feel like I really see God and I'm very comforted and I feel less alone in that. But that's not always the first thing that I think to do when I'm feeling alone or feeling frustrated by a lack of progress on the on the band business part of things. So I think it's really made me confront some of those unhealthy or lethargic habits that I have to not pursue those things that I love to do and that fill me with joy and to be more purposeful about trying to pin those things down of seeking out people, going for a walk, reading a great book of taking, taking the time to do some of those things. Sure. And finding the margin too for creativity. Uh I think there's, you know, especially with what you do, there's this balance between the business piece of it and the life of the entrepreneur of trying to Mm. make that work. And then also to nurture the the creative side of what you do so that you can create and allowing both of those. I'm wondering what you're learning about God in this whole thing. Hmm. Hmm. I think for me, I I think one of the things that I'm learning is that he just the idea that he is the God who sees has been important for me to hearken back to of realizing that in some of my loneliest moments in all of this, whether it's just not being around people, whether it's not feeling understood of gosh, no one gets what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And I just feeling alone in that or, you know, feeling like, Oh, you know, I've tried to book all these shows and I haven't gotten any in the timetable that I would have picked. And what are we doing? I, I think remembering that, that God is the God who sees and he sees me in all of those moments. And I feel alone, but I am not in fact Mm -hmm. alone that he, he sees just as he sees every moment on a stage where we're fully feeling alive and connecting with people and feeling like he's present. He's still very present when I don't feel like he is. And when I'm just feeling strung out and tired and discouraged or whatever it might be that he sees that just as much as the other stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been an interesting thing for me to start to come to terms with of you don't only see me when I'm doing the things that I think make you proud of me. You see me in the answering of the emails and you see me in the scheduling of the events and you see me in these nitty gritty things that, that don't feel holy necessarily or don't feel exciting. But in, in reality, those have a capacity to be a very holy moment of me being with the Lord and him kind of seeing me through some of the, some of the smaller behind the scenes things. Mm -hmm. And all necessary for the the whole expression yes. to get out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. How about you? I guess to pick one, just noticing the ways God will honor our faithfulness, hmm. even if it's not through the means we would have chosen for ourselves. And just learning that as we're stepping into this different kind of season, I feel like we're learning every day about what we're doing, about each other, about so many things. And 
I'm inclined to always think that the things I'm learning in that are applicable to that job or to that thing. And sometimes it's just, I'm learning that as a way to learn more about Christ. We were writing a song just for this last project and just finally had this moment that was like a light bulb for me where like we both were just in total disagreement over something. And we spent like the whole evening probably arguing over like seven words, like (laughs) something really, really crazy. And just having to finally like put everything down and hold it loosely and say, the biggest thing that might come of us working on this song is that we communicate better with each other as a married couple or um, as partners or, you know, it might have nothing to do with the song. The song might be terrible. So (laughs) just learning that in all of the things we're learning that God can have a further use for it than just us writing a song and doing social media marketing and making videos. Like um, the things he can teach us in this can be edifying to his body, to our covenant, even if it's not financially beneficial to the career that we're in. So just trying to hold all of that loosely and just say, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do what I can today. And you may use that the way I expect you will, and you may not. The awareness of that often comes in reflection. You know, it's not mm-hmm. always in the moment that we see, oh, that's what this was about. You know, it's when we get down the road. And I know in my life, sometimes it's mm-hmm. way down the road. I look back and I think, oh, that's how that stuff threads together. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering as you share your message when you're sharing your music, what are you seeing as a general response to that prompting to live life to your fullest? Hmm. I would say in general, it's been an encouraging response of people voicing to us that they connect with it. And I think some of the neat, some of the neater moments have almost come from, from people who we've heard from after a while of hearing nothing, if that makes any sense, because you spend so much time putting content out in the world of, okay, here's a new song, here's a new video. And on some of those new new moments, you know, you get a lot of, oh my gosh, I loved it. You sound so great. You sound so great. But I think it's been some of the fewer and farther between, but so, so meaningful messages or emails that come from people of, hey, I've been following what you're doing and you haven't known that because I've just been reading it for months and there isn't always that two-way communication. So you don't always get to know it. But then when someone takes the time to say, hey, I have been following this for months and here's what I'm going through in my own life. And this is how this is, this is connecting. Like you wrote this blog post and that's totally where I'm at right now. I think those have been the responses that have meant so much. And that should, that are those little flags of yes, you are on the right track Mm -hmm. when you're feeling like I'm exhausted and I'm not really sure whether, you know, is this all right? Are we doing the right thing of it's those little flags um, to say, yep, there's your mile marker, right? You are on the right track because people are tracking with you. And that, I mean, that's why you're writing these things, not because we're writing these things because we lived through them and felt like we probably weren't the only ones who have lived through things like this. And we were trying to put words to it because that's what music does. It gives you a language to express things in you that you might not have been able to otherwise. So yeah, I think finding indeed those people of, yes, we, we were not alone in these moments of great risk and great confusion and struggle and commitment. And yeah, mm-hmm. other people are going through the same kinds of big, big decisions and changes in their lives. And there is real vulnerability in putting your creative work out. I remember the first blog post I ever wrote 
several years ago, I thought I, I never felt so vulnerable in all my life. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, as we wrap up, it's, it's my hope that those who listen to this would find their own encouragement. And if you could give a word of encouragement to somebody who's, who's feeling a nudge and a prompting to do what God's calling them to do and feeling timid about it, what, what might you say to them? Hmm. Along the lines of delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And for me, just having to remind myself that what we're doing right now, it's not like emotionalism and adventure as a religion, Mm. but its foundation is trust in the Lord. So I delight in the path that He has put us on, and it's been a lot of fun, and it's also been very hard. But the dream is not to fall more in love with that the dream is to keep our eyes on the person that's leading us down that path and not mistake the path itself for what we were after the whole time. Mm. Because I think it can be very easy to say, I'm going to say just for myself, Lord, I'd love to serve you in this way. If you would just buy me a guitar and put me in front of 8,000 people and (laughs) give me a great song, then I know I would serve you well. And just the subtlety of putting the sort of that little demand of like, give me what, give me what I want and I will serve you. Mm. And just trying to keep that out of it, that we can not have any demands that we place upon his spirit, but just be able to say like, take us where you want us to go. Instead of saying, do this for me and then we'll follow what you've told us to do. Keep your heart and your eyes and your ears open to what the Lord is prompting you to do. I know someone said it well for me once. They said, I want to spend less time doing things for God and more time doing things with God. Yeah, just trying to keep God present in in this walk that we're on instead of flipping it around and getting it twisted. Yeah. And I think with that timid piece, man, I, I spent a lot of years being very timid and very fearful. And I don't I did not realize that I was. I didn't I really didn't realize that I was living from such a place of fear until some of these questions started to crop up and decisions started to crop up. So I think having the courage to pray specific prayers. Mm-hmm of not just, because I spent so long just saying, well, what should I do? Do you want us to do music? <laughs> Which I mean, right. I don't, other than yes or no, like, I don't know how God's supposed to answer that in a really right. like helpful way <laughs> that would move anything along. So eventually getting to the point of having the courage to pray a specific prayer of, hey, should I leave my job to mm-hmm. go make this record? Like that's a clear, actionable answer if the answer is yes or no. And having courage to pray that came from a lot of conversations with the two of us and with dear friend of ours, really challenging us to identify why we do what we do mm-hmm. and why we're here. And I, it was a big old light bulb of, I really didn't have a clear handle on why at that point in time, because we had just played music for years and it's just what we did. And that's not enough mm-hmm. for me to make a life changing kind of jump in really sitting down and ironing out the details of why we did what we did, of having a love for people and a desire to see other people living into the stories that God has laid out for them and getting into the nitty gritty of that, that finally gave me the courage to even consider and put it before God of, okay, I'll put my job on the line if you want. So getting really specific with why you do what you do Mm -hmm. and asking your friends about that and asking God about that than giving courage to pray specific things. I'll jump in on that one too and just saying that as we were looking at that for Jenna, it became apparent that in her refusal to maybe address why we do what we do, we'd already started a game that wasn't fair, so to speak, and that she already had five or six reasons why not to. Mm, So mm -hmm. we said, well, 
the cons column is all filled out. <laughs> we need something on the pro column just to have a balanced board here to even pick from. Yeah. So it's easy to think of reasons not to do something. It's much harder to put down why to in the first place. Yes. Good call. Was there a moment or how did you arrive at that place of, I'll say at that place of peace and decision to say, yes, we're going to take this step. I'm, I'm going to leave my job. Yeah. Um, we, we prayed. We had talked with our producer who became our producer at the time, our potential producer, and got off the call with him and prayed right then and there and continued to pray for about a week. And that week was filled with crazy signs of people who did not know what I was contemplating, who said things to me that were just clearly, clearly divinely appointed of, oh my gosh, are you, I can't believe you're saying this to me right now. Mm-hmm. So filled with all sorts of signs that were really helpful for me in that dynamic. And then sitting down with our friend, Matt, who mm-hmm. is a really gifted planner and goal setter and does that for the organization that he works for. And he, same guy who had talked to us about why we do what we do and everything. Mm-hmm. And he helped break down some of the detailed questions that were keeping me from the freedom to say yes of, he said, okay, well, how much money do you need to make a month? Let's look at your budget. Let's sit down and let's make like a best case scenario and a worst case scenario and just help us crunch those numbers of here's what you need to bring in. Here is then how you would break that down and like how many shows you need to play or this or that. And that last step, like I had Mm -hmm. been thinking of that first for so long of, I don't understand how we would make money. I don't understand how we could pay our bills. I don't, I I can't see this, but having that other stuff been in a place first and then having someone speak into our Mm -hmm. life and say, here, here's how this could look, gave that final push of, oh, Mm -hmm. Okay. We, we could try this. I feel okay now. Yeah. <laughs> it, a lot of peace came in taking a very abstract concept, like, quote, do music. Right. And then right, transforming it from an ambiguous, intangible thing into an actionable task. Yeah. Like, do music is not an actionable task. You can't complete that. To instead have it be play two shows a month that you could then say, yes, succeed or fail one way that we know if we did or not. To then make that the goal was just so much more freeing and manageable than just trying to have this big ambiguous cloud of like, what do we do? Yeah, a lot of peace came from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is breaking it down and seeing, okay, this this is really what it's going to take. But then, you know, there is that, I think of biblically as Peter stepped out of the boat. You know, in order to really walk on the water, he had to get out of that boat. You know, I think about that as you're talking too, in order to move to that place where we're going to take our music from where it is to where we really Mm -hmm. feel like God's calling us to be, it does take that risk to to step out. It's not um, an uncalculated risk or it's not blind, but it it still is a a step of faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you've taken a risk, you've stepped out of this boat. I know that you've just had an EP release. Just share with people what that is and how they can find you. And maybe you'd share a piece of music with us that we can tag on here at the end. Sure. Yeah, we would love that. Um, so the first EP that we are putting out and have put out is called Monument Part One. And it's it's the first three songs from the full length record that we're going to release by the end of this year. And goodness, they are they are songs about commitment. They are songs about all the things we've been talking about of really identifying what's important um, and being able to take a risk and step out of your comfort zone and embracing that and 
kind of going before you have the courage to do so mm-hmm. in some aspects and, and then also being mindful as you're stepping into things that are good, but hard. There's three songs on that EP and it, it, it's available everywhere you listen to music. It's on Spotify and iTunes and things. And right now it's also available for free on mm-hmm. the site noisetrade.com. Um, and there's a link to it on our website. Um, but you can just in exchange for sharing your email address and your zip code, um, you, you get the EP for free and you can have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so on it of those three songs, one of them is our first single that we released, which is called Monument. It was the last song that we wrote for this whole album and wrote it right in the throes of all of this decision-making and contemplating taking this big risk mm-hmm. and then having made it and made it, made the decision, mm-hmm. meaning not made it in terms of success, because right. <laughs> who knows what that even means, right. <laughs> Yeah, but made that hard decision. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of where we wrote the song. A lot of the ideas were coming from sort of like I was mentioning, Jenna was already creating a lot of these ideas for why things would not work. <laughs> and we had we're having dinner. She's like, well, I could never do this because of this. And I could never do this because of this. And I said, well, like, what about like two weeks ago when like that girl came up to you like crying and like you turned to me and you're like, baby, this is why we do this. (laughs) And she was like, I don't remember that. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding? It just happened. She's like, no. And then I like had like two or three more. I was like, what about this person? And she'd already forgotten them that quick. But the reasons not to, she had them in crystal clear focus. So we were relating that story to a friend of ours, just like sort of about this idea. She just exploded. She's like, well, that's why the Israelites built monuments, to remind themselves of where they were when God had moved and showed up and what he had done. For some reason, like the second she like said that, it was like a key just turned in our brains. And I said, thank you so much for sharing that. We have to go. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I, it's like, it's just the whole rest of the song came into focus. So that became the context for that song of just needing these reminders of when God shows up and when God is faithful and when he acts, that was a huge motivation to remember, like he, he has shown up in the past and we need to not forget that. Yeah. Really doing that in practical senses of writing them mm-hmm. down and keeping them close by. And gosh, we have needed that message throughout this entire process. We needed it at the time of making the decision, but since making it, there have been so many times where it has just been so easy to get lost in the weeds of, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm overwhelmed by, you know, like you said, of all of the, all of the things I now have to do as an entrepreneur that have nothing to do with writing music. And, yeah. and I'm just tired and feeling burned out and lost. And without those, those clear lightning bolt moments of when God spoke or when someone connected with what you were doing without them really readily accessible, it's so easy to get lost. Yeah. So, so yeah, this song is kind of our anthem declaration of, okay, we're doing it. We're raising the monuments and we want other people to do that because we all need to keep pressing down these roads. And I think it's so tempting to, to entertain the thought that when things get hard, maybe I wasn't supposed to do this after all. When, the road was never promised to be easy. It was never, you will make this choice and it will all just swimmingly come along. But mm-hmm. how devastating if the people that we, we see starting to do the things that really make them come alive, if it gets hard and they decide that they weren't meant to after all. Mm-hmm. And we just, we don't want that for people. We want them to press on because we need to press on when right. we least feel like it. I so often think of some of Jesus' last words to his disciples when He said to them, in this world, you will have trouble, but Mm. take heart in me. I've overcome the world. 
in me you will have peace. And so that over and over again says to me, it's not necessarily going to be smooth and easy. There's, there's going to be bumps along the way, but there is a certain peace when you know you're moving in the way God's called you to move. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Just this has been a wonderful conversation to get to know you a little bit better yes, and to share what you're doing with those who listen. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much for having us. I appreciated the honesty of this conversation with Chris and Jenna. To hear their desire to pursue music and the earnest struggles they went through to make the decisions and actually take the leap of faith. Jenna so openly shared about what she's experiencing in both joy and sorrow in stepping away from her teaching career to pursue music. She expressed how challenging it can be to work alone and how she needs to be all the more intentional about engaging in the activities that bring her joy. They both have hearts attuned to God, and it was so evident how they're allowing God to lead them rather than forging ahead and asking for his blessing. Then to culminate the whole project with a song titled Monument, as they sought to remember how God has been in this with them every step along the way. You can find them at wildharbors.com and on social media as Wild Harbors. They play locally and throughout the country, so if you're interested, check out their website. I always feel like these recordings are just the beginning of a conversation. If you'd like to share your thoughts or questions, I invite you to join us in the Innovation Lab, a private Facebook group where we can all share what these conversations are stirring in us. Each week, I pose a couple of questions from the conversation, and I'd love to hear your thoughts or post a new question. The questions we'll consider this week are, in what ways are you creating margin for God to speak and stir something creative in you? And where might you need to say no so that you can say yes to what God is prompting? Today, we're going to do something different. We're going to close out with their single monument. And when you know the story behind the music, it makes the song so much more meaningful. For a limited time, you can download three of their songs for free from noisetrade.com. All the resources mentioned in this episode can be found at faithfulinnovation.com. Just enter Chris or Jenna in the search and it'll come right up. And if you're enjoying these conversations, I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. So make it a great day and find your unique way to share the love of God with the people you encounter. Enjoy the song. Bye for now.
resistance.